And welcome to this edition of the Grim and Bloody Podcast. I am Kevin Nicholson, writer for HorrorNews.net, uh, sitting in for our usual host, uh, producer of, of this show, and the uh, founder of Desperate Film Fest, Anthony Duran, who's not able to be with us tonight. But with me, as always, is my cohorts in crime, Joe Flynn, Creative TV host, and Al Omega, host of Creature Features on YouTube and about a hundred other platforms. <laughs> and with us today, we have the man. We have filmmaker, actor, I say bon vivant, <laughs> raconteur, just a guy who, you know, who knows horror and does it very well. That is Dave Rita. Dave, how Director. you doing? Writer. <laughs> there there. How are you doing? We're doing fine. Oh, zombies. Yeah. <laughs> King of the zombies. Yeah, I keep that looking. Is Dave. I keep Don't looking for that personal site. It. I keep looking for that personal site where I can meet up with a zombie, you know, for a little neck bunching later on, uh, you know, that kind of uh, that kind of thing. But, well, you, you know, know, they say if, if necrophilia doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we're starting this podcast. You see, yeah, yes. you, Dave, you know, we start we start there and then we go even lower. Uh, in how much more oh, yeah. depths of depths of depravity. Don't break out the grandma joke. Exactly. I just turn Al loose and we let him go. That's where this show is is going right into uh, gonna right into the hard toilet. But, yes, indeed. So I have to first of all, uh, Dave. I have to uh, have to say kudos to you on the. Uh, it seems like an amazing number of uh, of plaudits that your latest feature, as good as Dead, is receiving uh, right now. You, You've gotten film festival uh, nominations, and the hype on this is really good. Um, are you are you are you kind of looking at this? Are you, you kind of thinking on cloud nine right uh, right about now? Uh, right about now, exactly. It's sort of this uh, right. I mean, it right. It, there's been certain moments in filming this thing where. Uh, it's just been sort of like this weird out-of-body experience where I take a second, take a step out, look at what I'm doing, and is this fucking really, really, I mean, it was all, I mean, it began with uh, me and my little sister who's in the movie, uh, which is my best friend in the world, Danny Shaka, and uh, she's the lead in this, but it began with her and me sitting in a car and me going, I got this crazy idea, and now it exists, and it, it, uh, and as far as films go, you always try to hit what you imagined, you know, uh, and try to make it a reality as much as you possibly can. But, you know, due to whatever, whatever budgets, constraints, whatever, that's locations, whatever, um, you get as close as you can. Um, this is probably one of the close, I mean, it's like, to me, I mean, it's almost dead, like 99% of what I imagined it to be. So what? This is really a good slice of what, how my brain works. 
is this movie. And uh, it's weird, it's fun, and it's amazing, and we're very proud of it and excited right now. Oh, yeah. And your cast is incredible, uh, as I, you know, yeah. noticed. You we know. are so blessed to get Ashley Nunez in there uh, last minute, and then also uh, Jeffrey Dammit, who uh, he just freaking, I mean, he's a zombie in this and he freaking kills it, kills it. Um, and Ashley is just so amazingly beautiful and perfect. She has this, she, she just has this style that just balanced the movie very, very well. I'm just very, very proud of the cast. And then the rest of my zombies, they're amazing. I mean, we were also blessed to be able to work with uh, Larry Bones and the uh, Boneyard FX. Uh, they just did these amazing, every zombie looks a little different. It's just, uh, it, it, we were so blessed on this movie. It's amazing. That's great. Now, one of the, uh, one of the, the accolades that I'm, uh, that I'm reading now, official selection at Horrible Imaginings Film Festival. Um, yeah, well, uh, first off, we're playing, uh, we are premiering, world premiering this movie, yep. at Dances with Films Festival. Um, that'll be uh, at the Chinese Theater here in Hollywood on August 27th at 11.50 at night. And uh, it's going to be a crazy screening. My whole cast is going to be there. And uh, we're going to take over the Chinese Theater because my it's fun and this is gonna it's gonna be crazy we're gonna take over the chinese theater and no you said just, no when we talked privately um the other day you said something about um the uh one of the big things for you about doing this at the chinese theater is you're doing this in front of a live crowd as opposed oh, to yeah. doing streaming explain um, a little bit about the the significance for you witnessing something one of your works with a live crowd versus streaming with other people watching it on the computer um yeah that's exactly uh the point it was because of covid um i was very very worried that uh, we were gonna have to i mean a lot a lot of film festivals went online this year or last year and um, I was worried they were going to do it again this year. And uh, that's horrible because not only as a filmmaker do I need to see my movie play in front of an audience at least once. I need to see it play so that I can adjust it if I need to. Um, sometimes I've had to make some few, you know, like, you know, trim it here, move it here, move it, you know, make them some few minor adjustments. And I can't tell. And it's just... I need to hear that audience scream when they're supposed to and laugh when they're supposed to. That's the that's where the accolades come. That's, so, that's me. Yeah, and that's what I was what, what I was getting at was uh, you know was is there a difference between hearing the response and maybe reading it on you know on online? Is there something oh, that's that's more of a gut punch for you uh, to to hear it? Well, this movie is weird and it's different. I mean, it's uh, more. So, I mean, it's it's definitely in line with what I do, but more in more so than anything I've ever done. 
I this film really needs to play in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. It's going to take the audience laughing when they're supposed to, screaming when they're supposed to. That's going to make it's laughter and scream. They're contagious, and it's that's. I feel like if you watch this movie with an audience, you're going to fucking love this movie. If you watch it at home, online, on your computer, you're really gonna like it. I mean, you might still love it, but you're really, you know, you're really gonna enjoy it and have fun with it, and that's great. But you're gonna fucking have a great time if you watch it with a live audience. It's it's a roller coaster, you know. I mean, you could be on a roller coaster all by yourself, or you could be on a roller coaster hearing the screams around you. You know, I mean, it's it really needs that. And also, uh, we really designed this film to play right to to people right now. Um, we kind of had a feeling that a lot of the movies might be kind of down because of COVID and because of the election and things like that. We were worried that the, the some of the other films might be a little dark and down, and we wanted to be fun. I mean, this is a zombie movie with '80s music in it that is fun as hell. And and that's what we wanted to bring to the audience right now, and we think they need that. I believe they do. I believe we need more '80s music. Yes, right. And certainly, there were enough zombies running around uh, working in the '80s. So, you know, I agree with you that there's there's something to be said for seeing uh, the the gestalt of being in a theater with like-minded, crazy people who want to see this movie or other <laughs> movies like it. And you can have so much fun. I, I I really want this to be in a theater. And actually, I'd I'd love to come hang out with you. You sound like a really cool guy. Well, that's oh, thanks. But that's why we're so blessed. I mean, getting to premiere this movie at the freaking Chinese theater with Dances with Films, which I feel is one of the best festivals in LA. At midnight, we're one of the midnight screening. It's just perfect. You know what I mean? Dances, yeah. They've been doing it a while. They know what they're doing. So uh, we're just so excited, and then we're—it's so cool. We just—we just announced this week that uh, uh, at the very a week later, uh, September fourth, we're at the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival at the Frida Theater over in Orange County. And if you know anything about that theater, that is fucking amazing too. I've never to a festival where people off the street will be walking by and, hey, the Frida's doing a festival and run in and get tickets. I've never seen it. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah, so we you are know, very excited. I was uh, looking at your uh, your background here. I'm sorry. I, well, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I'm sort of uh, looking at this and going, wow, you really set the bar there. Your first... Uh, granted, uncredited role was in "So I Married an Axe Murderer." <laughs> yeah, that was the that was that I was so spoiled. That was, I was in San Francisco, little kid, 18 years old. I didn't first set. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know you weren't supposed to talk to the stars, things like that. They yeah. they sat me right across in the diner scene of um, of "I Married an Axe Murderer." They sat me right. I'm the, I'm sitting right across from the cup from the two couples. So Mike Myers and I were just pretty much facing each other, and we're just waiting the, for the crew to set up the shot. While he looked bored, and me being me, I just looked at him and went, "Hey, so um, how'd you get on Saturday Night Live?" And he just starts talking to me, and we 
had this we're having this great conversation. Meanwhile, all the other extras are like, you can't do that. You can't. And they're getting all mad, not realizing that Mike Myers looking over at me going, fuck, I was stressing out all nervous about this scene. I needed to talk to somebody and you were there. And then he comes up to me and he goes, I know you from somewhere. Okay, I'm, I'm like this little 18 year old kid. I'd never done a movie before. And Mike Myers, who had just done Wayne's World, comes, yes. he's coming up to me and he's like, I know you from somewhere. I know you. I look at him and I go, dude, you don't know me, trust me. And he goes, which I probably should have said, yeah, I need you, I'm your buddy. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he just was like, okay. But then for the rest of the shoot, he kept looking at me like he thought I was somebody he knew. And so then he just kept talking to me throughout the rest of the shoot. So, I mean, I got really spoiled and treated great. And that was my first, my, my entrance into uh, filmmaking. Little did I, or I mean, not filmmaking, but being an actor. And little did I know, the next movies I did, they were not as, not, you know, being a, a non-union extra, it was not as nice as that. <laughs> yes, I can imagine being the body double and indiscreet must have been interesting. That was fun. You could, you could totally tell it's me on the shots. Like Luke Perry, it's like he has, we, we looked a lot alike, but not, I mean, like there's just one shot of my ear. I saw my ear, not his ear. But uh, it makes me laugh. But yeah, he was so nice though. Uh, Luke Perry was hilarious. He was hilarious. He, uh, I had to, uh, I did another scene in that movie for Tomato Smoke and they asked me, do you smoke? And I said, yeah. And he looked at me like, you should have said no. And they put me on the thing and then literally we smoked. I smoked probably like in an hour. I, they made, cause they kept resetting the shots. They put a new cigarette in my hand. Yeah. I went through like two packs of cigarettes in an hour. Oh, wow. Wow. I was green on the bus home, or uh, going back to the holding, and Luke grabs me on the shoulders and he goes right up to my ear and he goes, Dave, what did we learn today? When someone says, do you smoke? You say no. <laughs> there you go. And then when uh, you start hovering around the light bulb, you answered it. Right, lesson learned, Luke. Thank you, brother. <laughs> What did you let me ask you? What did you learn from um, doing senseless uh, with Penelope Spheris, one great, great director, and uh, a bit of a maverick, uh, basically, director? And you have the Wayans brothers. Uh huh. Did you learn how crazy a film set could, you know, could be from? what you saw from your vantage point or um actually that that set it, i mean no one saw that movie um but it was actually kind of the concept of it was really clever and cool and there were so many effects going on in that movie nobody had time to fuck around you they uh, couldn't fuck around and make that movie that was probably even though it's probably one of the silliest movies i was in uh and i'm just an uh, again just an extra in there sure. But, but they were just shooting, 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 shooting because uh, the, the effects shots were, it was so crazy. I mean, what they were, what they attempted to do, especially in that time, now would be really easy to pull off. But in, uh, what was it, uh, 1990, blah, 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 or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dating yourself, Dave. What's that? You're dating yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I mean, and but, uh, 
but Marlon was really cool. He was really funny. Um, he, he kept the crew and us entertained uh, offset. So, I mean, I was, was going to say, you probably would have a hard time keeping from the giggles with Marlon Wayans. Yeah, uh, I, he couldn't help but be silly. And as long as it wasn't, you know, fucking up the shot or whatever, he, you know, I mean, an audience was there. And, you know, performers are like that. One or a thousand, it doesn't matter if there's if you're if someone's looking you just kind of gotta make them laugh and uh he was he's just really awesome at that and was really good about that okay cool uh no uh uh dave tell people mm. about uh, your directing of your first film bit parts Ooh. <laughs> that's yeah, always the hard one yeah, bit parts. My first feature. Um, that was pretty amazing. Um, we shot that all on film too. Uh, in time when uh, yeah, film was dying. Kodak was so excited. They gave me half my movie for film for free. They were just like, "Really? You're making it on film?" And um, it was crazy. I mean, it was a. Uh, um, that one's about you know, uh, bit parts is about a plastic surgeon in L.A that gets into a car accident and he wrecks his daughter's face. So he decides to pose as a casting director looking for the perfect eyes, nose, lips to replace her mangled features. Um, you know, that old story. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, no, we've uh, all been there, let me tell you. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was my first feature and it was in a time where it's so funny because I mentor filmmakers now and they can hit me up on Facebook 24 hours a day, anytime and go, holy fuck, how do I do this, 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 and this? And I can just go calm down, do this, do this, talk to this person, do that. I mean, I remember when we were making bit parts, I needed live chickens on set. And I was like, how the fuck are we gonna get chickens here? I looked over at my producer at that time, it was Sarah Gordon. And, uh, and I was just like, you gotta get me chickens. And somehow she got me chickens, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, the way, like, it's so amazing nowadays. You could just like Facebook. Okay. Give me, I, how do I get chickens? You know what I mean? But in, in when we shot it, that, that wasn't available. And uh, there were so many times I just look up at the fucking sky and just be like, Jesus Christ, am I doing the right thing here? Am I fucking this whole thing up? Oh my God. Um, but uh, we didn't. We were very blessed. That one, uh, I mean, that it was the best micro-budget movie of 2007, so I can't complain. You know what the worst one was, though? Yes. Tell us. The Room. The Room. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. The, the Room was the worst mi uh, micro-budget movie of 2007. Well, I guess they weren't really micro-budget, though, because they were like fucking couple mil. But essentially, if the worst, we were the best. But no one, no one knows us. They know the room. Well, that'll tell you something right there about the industry, right? Yeah. I mean, James Franco isn't playing me in a movie. <laughs> no, nor me. Not yet. <laughs> you never know. And I'd have an argument about that. I'm like, come on, brother. Uh, I'm a little cuter than you, bro. Let's let's fight about this one. No. I don't know, James Franco. You know. He's kind of pretty. I've He's already beat cute. James. I've already beat James Franco in a film festival, so I'm like, I'm good, brother. Let's do this. Wow. No. Um. Of course, this is gonna hark to one of my favorite short films of yours, which uh, people should watch, uh, called "Horror of Our Love," oh. which is 
which is an incredible show. And so what was the inspiration behind that film? Oh, I, thanks, dude. I love that one too. That one's probably my, my not only is it my most favorite film, I, I like to say that that is my heart and my soul on the on the screen right there. Um, it was filmed, and we filmed it all in San Jose, which uh, where I grew up, um, and uh, that it was amazing to me because I like one of the scenes takes place in a park, and I yes. just I kept looking here in LA, I kept looking and looking and looking for this park, and I made that we, there are beautiful parks here, but. I, I actually drew what I wanted. I actually drew it out and then sent it to my uh, one of my the other elf, Carl Schweitzer, on this. The other my other my other partner in crime in film. I sent it to him and said, um, I need this park. He went to John D. Morgan Park, took a picture, and it matched what I drew exactly. And he went, dude, you drew John D. Why don't we just film here? And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so we filmed it there. And the inspiration, um, it was a love letter. Um, I was very much in love. Uh, and it, uh, it, uh, it began as a love letter. And then it became a love letter to 80s movies and uh, um, just uh, slasher movies. And um, it's, what can I say? It's horribly sweet. And Ludo, oh Ludo, the people that do the music—they're fucking amazing. Yeah. The band on it, I mean, let's not let's not make you know—they're amazing. They're the ones. I mean, I I heard it was because I heard that song that I that I had the whole idea for the short film. I mean, the music started to play, and my mind blomp went away, and I saw the whole short film play out in my head. And it's a film is never that easy. You never get it all in one shot ever. And that was the one time it happened and uh, lightning in a bottle, you know? Yes, I just finished working on a film that was supposed to take place in a week and it's been two weeks and we're going back to some reshoots. And that's the way it usually is. Mm. Yeah. Now, let, me, uh, let me ask you, Dave, because one of the ones that uh, I'm curious about the next short that you uh, that you did this seemed to be coming out, um, you know, after the horror of our love, uh, seemed to be coming out in the wake of uh, Zombieland and the horror comic re uh, regarding uh, uh, regarding zombies, the Living Dead, and so forth. Talk about Zombie Wood kind of how that came about oh zombie wood actually uh was a little 48 hour film festival thing we did that yeah. i don't know where it is um but uh, i haven't seen it in years where it is i don't know what happened to it um it was really fun and cool though um it was one of the first times i got to work with one of my friends jessica cameron and uh then also um we, uh, we, I remember we had this crazy jib shot in it and uh, I made it look like an MGM musical. And basically the premise of the movie was, because uh, it was a 48 hour film festival and I drew musical and then they were like, they felt bad for me because I drew musical. And then of course I drew horror. And then they looked at me and said, well, which one do you want to do knowing that I was going to say horror? And I looked at them and winked and went, I'm going to do a musical horror. 
And they went, no way. And then we did. And uh, what it was, was it was basically Romeo and Juliet only with zombies and vampires. And uh, the way I got away with shooting during the day was my vampire first shot, first line, and first thing is putting sunscreen on and is looking at the bottle going, wow, this SPF 1 million is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, that's way with that. <laughs> I could picture if this was a big, like a, like a major studio film, I could picture like Tim Curry doing that, uh, uh, you know, doing that role. Right, that and just film. right away, just don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah, they're in the sun, but this is why. So now shut up, moving on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then, of course, there's my uh, Undying, which uh, My Undeadly. Undeadly, that's it. I always got that one mixed up, you know? Uh, you know what? Your your interview with Michelle Tomlinson at me and me at Monsterpalooza about My Undeadly is Michelle's and, and my, both our favorite interview we did on the, that tour. Oh, yes. And, yeah, so, I, I, you know, and it that's was... Yeah, no, it was a great little short. And uh, again, for anyone who has not seen any of Dave's shorts, you should go check them out, seek them out. Elf Twin Films on YouTube. And there you go. And yeah, and my, that yeah was, of Our Love that, is there. Maya Deadly's there. A bunch of these little uh, horror poems I wrote are there. We, there's a bunch of fun. The, the Joe Flynn interviews are there. Yeah. Right. Right, and and in that film, of course, people will be surprised that you got to film at the location of the original Halloween. Yeah, I, I did my homage too to Carpenter, where I, I the way that the exact same shot that Carpenter uses to open a Halloween, we open our movie. The, I had to. We were at the location. I had to do it. Got to start the movie the same way. True. Uh, but yes, Al, Kevin, go for it. <laughs> well, I, I just, I mean, uh, no, Al, please, go for it. Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, you and I have both been on uh, Miss Misery's uh, last doorway show with Miss Misery, and that was always lovely. She's performances. Uh, but, you know, we, we've talked about your first movie, we've talked about your last thing. What happened to get you there? How, how did you wind up wanting to be in front of a camera where you, you we i mean were you just walking by and they kidnapped you off the street i would totally understand that that happens but uh what happened how did you get there i, I, I I'm, I'm sorry are you asking me why i'm why i make movies yes why do you make movies um uh well i mean it's just always been in my blood uh the um, the ritas back in the 30s and 40s uh my grandpa and my my dad was a selling popcorn in the Rita theaters. We, they had a bunch of theaters and drive-in Rita theaters, drive-ins all over Kentucky in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And uh, until they sold them all, and then my grandpa came out here, um, which pissed me off when I came around, because I'm like, dude, I could have been in those theaters, but whatever. But that, it's really cool. There's a bunch of like old pictures and stuff. But anyway, uh, it's kind of funny, because the, 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 the idea, I mean, because of that, um, when VHS cap uh, capability came around, 
my grandpa and my dad would watch all these old movies uh, that they put in, that they used to show in their theaters. And they would talk endlessly about what made the movies good, how the audiences uh, would react to them and all of that. And I was just this little kid sitting there listening to them, just sponging it all in. I don't think they realized I was listening to them as much as I was, but it just always put this love for movies in my mind. And I just kind of always felt like it was my job to get the remake back up in movie lights. And uh, that was what was so cool is when we premiered our movie bit parts in San Jose and my name was up there, like the old, my, my uncles and aunts, the older Rita's, when they saw it there, they were like, shit, it's like old times, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's really nice that they, they got to t pass the torch that way. I mean, from yeah. their perspective, I could see where they might have thought that, oh, the old VHS thing ruined them. But it never occurred to me that someone running, say, a drive-in would uh, be more in tune with the reactions to the crowds for the movies. Oh. I think uh, I think I heard that Groucho was the first person that would actually go to showings of his movies and see who laughed when and, and well, try to time out his jokes. It, it was really different in the 40s and 50s because there was no TV and yeah. um, and the way they would do shows were really weird because they would have these live stage, stage shows that would happen right in front of the screen then they'd show you a movie. So you might, I mean, back then, you know, Westerns were really big. So you might have like some, you know, like Gene Autry or something come out, sing a song on stage, a couple of songs or do some rope tricks or whatever. Then you'd see his latest movie. And so they did a lot of that. So people like the theater was the place to go and it was the thing to do. And so my grandpa and my dad they just got really, they, they'd watch, you know, like different things and, and, and what sold tickets, what didn't sell, what people were pissed off at them about, you know, like, oh, this movie sucked and da 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 da, -da. Or like, uh, like, let's say Hitchcock. When, when they showed Psycho, um, you know, that was, a, that really freaked people out during the day, uh, back in the day, big time. Yes. And one of the biggest things was when they killed Janet Lee, who was a big time star at that time. When they killed her, oh, spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, when they killed uh, Janet Lee off, sort of right in the middle of the movie, freaked out. The people just, like gasped and lost their minds in the audience. And these are things that my grandpa and my dad were telling me was happening. And I, me, I'm just sponging and learning all this shit, you know? I had a, a grandmother that was the, you know, looked like the, the daughter out of American Gothic. Uh, she was, you know, raised on the farm, absolutely no nonsense. Got to uh, go see Psycho. She says the only movie she ever screamed at. <laughs> she was so embarrassed by herself on that one. And uh, so I, I look forward to someday getting make a movie myself where I get to embarrass my family. It, it shouldn't <laughs> be that hard, but. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you mentioned about the, uh, the whole ballyhoo that was around, um, the live acts uh, uh, surrounding film showings and so forth at these theaters in the in the 40s. I I would read about film stars like Bela Lugosi, for example, um, would appear in person oh, in yeah. around showings of his films, popping up as Dracula on stage or something like that. 
that's what's the coolest thing is my dad and my my aunt who's this historian of the family uh she has all these old rita playbills that they used to give out that say it would say like oh come check out this movie and this and this up front you know what i mean it's really cool oh yeah, yeah. I, I agree, you know, to have a little bit of that history of films in the past and people, you know, can carry it on to the next generation. Well, they did crazy shit back then to get people to go to the theater. I mean, like, they, uh, at one point, they they actually had a bear that had his, uh, uh, you know, a muzzle on and he was declawed, but you, they had, like, you could wrestle a live bear in front of the, you know, like they had, like that was like that the little hour show before the movie. Um, somebody could get on, anybody from the audience could get up and wrestle this bear. Oh wait a minute, though it's it's still fun. Declawed and muzzled. You... No, uh... no, muzzle. Yeah, so it couldn't bite you and it couldn't claw you, but it could, you know, toss you around. It's a bear. What's so the point of fighting like... a bear if it can't bite you and claw you? I mean. We Gosh, kind of no. it and, you I didn't know, realize it was the bear that was muscled. I thought it was the person. Nope, the bear. But <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but the funniest part is no, everybody was too scared to do it. So my grandpa was so scared that he was going to lose money. And he was such a badass. My grandpa went up there and wrestled a freaking bear. Awesome. That's the man there for you. That's Grandpa Rita. He was a fucking badass. He wrestled a bear. See. There you go. And, and to entertain, see where I get it from. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, yeah, as someone myself who's done live shows, I, I completely understand. You know, we see those memes all the time about how our, our grandparents were more badass than we'll ever be, and there, there's something oh, yeah. to that. You know, they were. But I get his, on the line. I get his thinking. I mean, I'm the same way. Somehow the situation was the same, and they're like, Dave, in order to entertain them, you're gonna have to go wrestle that bear. I would look at you and go, I'm about to die and go out there and wrestle that bear. Yeah. That sounds like a party, man. It's what I do. Let's go, bear. <laughs> yeah. It's not Forget something that William bear. Castle would do. I mean, you know, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, the w William Castle stuff is great. I mean, yeah. my grandpa was so excited about that stuff. Oh. Yes. Yeah, if it were the flying skeleton across the room. Or, or, or the, electric... the electric chairs. Oh yeah, the yeah. tingler. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the tingler. Or emergo. Or, mm -hmm. or or giving you the vomit bag before you went in, just in case. <laughs> no, it was the special glasses for thirteen goats. Uh, oh, you know. yes. Yeah, yeah. That was. That was... It don't work for me, but that's go okay. William Castle. Yeah. yeah. That's why I tell people that. People really have to see. There's a movie called Matinee. Oh my God! Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Man. John Goodman. John yeah. Goodman. It may be his best role. Uh, oh, he, he killed he it. Is just, killed his Lawrence Woolsey is uh, is is William Castle personified, and uh, he is just. Uh, it's just. It's it's great, and it got the whole period. They show you, I mean, and they show you that my my dad actually saw that movie, and so my dad was a kid selling popcorns during popcorn during FMs during that time, and my dad said he, that they got it really right on with the guy running down this the the uh, the uh, aisle trying to scare it, like they they got it right on. Oh it, well, just the whole 
what gets me is the whole man and ant. 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 And William Shallard in the movie within the movie trying to explain how uh, the lady's husband has become uh, has become the man, uh, you know, creature. Uh, it, it's just perfect. Oh, it's so God. perfect. Now, I, I have a question for you, uh, for you, though, which kind of gets into your your whole repertoire uh, as a uh, as a filmmaker. Um, you you do a lot of your own writing, a lot of your own you know, you do your own directing. Um, and you've acted in, uh, in in films. Are you the kind of uh, filmmaker who who really believes that the best learning that you could do is doing everything on a film set? Um, completely. Um, uh, I still don't know everything. Um, I'm still uh, like the camera to me. I, I I really don't know much about the cameras. I'm a slave. My uh, that's why I get. Off DPs every time because uh, that's but I mean I do believe you have to have a little slice of everything and I and I believe there are two different style of directors there's a the, the director and just two uh, there's either the very technical director that's going to focus on the camera and what the camera is doing and how it's shooting and, da, da, da. and then there's an actor's director that's going to focus on the actors and performance and story and all that and I really, because I come from the actor world, um, I I feel that I have an edge uh, with my actors because I actor speak. You know, I can I can play any one any part at any time and uh, dance it around and make you see what I need you to do. Just do this. You know what I mean? If I need to. Um, but most of the time, I I'm blessed to have been working with such talented actors that uh, I can pretty much let them go and um, uh, and just, you know, tweak when I have to. Um, but what's exciting about this new film, As Good As Dead, this is really one of the first films, um, I know it's the only film, it's the only film I've ever made that I'm not in. I am completely just directing. I wanted to to see what it was like to make a movie where I just got to completely focus on the technical side and to, you know, to kind of, kind of just to make every shot the the way I wanted it to be. Because um, when you're in front of the camera and you're shooting stuff, you have to trust your DP is getting, the, I have to, I call the shot and then trust he's getting what I told him to get. And that doesn't always happen. Uh, this time with me behind the camera on the monitor, um, I got, I can honestly say this movie, every shot is how I intended it to be. Now I have to, uh, I have to ask that you, you said this is the first one that you've done solely as, as a director without acting in front of, uh, in front of the camera. Come on, uh, you did have one point in time where you told the, uh, the makeup person, I'm looking a little pale. Can I get some rouge, uh, you know, here's, uh, you know, you still took the makeup person aside, even though you're just directing and said and, and had them apply something, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I may not be on camera, but you still got to make me pretty. I mean, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a zombie. We got to, you know, my human makeup only lasts so long. That's it. <laughs> That's very true. And trust me, I've seen Dave when he starts to fall apart, man. Oh, oh no, it's, oh. it's not a good thing. No, no, I'm now, joking. 
while uh, while Joe Flynn's talking right now and and dissing me, I'm gonna yeah. take this opportunity to say, you know what? I, we have have extra extra love for Joe Flynn because yeah, one of the reasons that as good as dead is as good as it is is because uh, when I I put out on Facebook that I needed a farm here in LA, I needed a farm. Joe like responded within five minutes. And not only did he respond, but he sent me to the location that I swear was in my head. I mean, it was the perfect set. I even wrote a hay bale in the movie and the hay bale was there waiting for us. It was inside right where I wanted. See, it's magic, I tell it's crazy. you, Dave. Magic. Yeah. The danger, and here's and here is my Surgeon General's warning. The danger is having Joe Flynn in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good thing, Dave. Get rid of it. There's pills for it. We cleaned himself well. Not only that, the set was so awesome. It was run. I mean, Tita Tita Brown, who is like uh, Joe's cousin, actually. Correct. Uh, she was so sweet to me. She was like, if you've known Joe since you're 14, then you're family to us. You're like a cousin too. And she was just calling me cousin day. It was the sweetest yep. thing. It was, they were so good to us. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better set. It was so great. Well, yes. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Joe is a, uh, I've known Joe for 30 plus years myself and he is everything. He's great A. Every everything about him is is is, is honest, it, you know, is honest and true, and it's you don't find that in people. So, oh yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, when I was putting out, when I was running around the festivals in two thousand and seven with I, just little Dave with his little feature running around, I didn't know anybody, and part of the reason that my first feature had the success that it did was because Joe Flynn was taking me around Monster Palooza to all these people that are that I call my friends now, you know, but all these other people that I've worked with in the, or admired in the industry, hadn't worked with yet, or hadn't, you know, just, just I didn't know anybody. And Joe took me around, this is Dave Rita. He made bit parts, he made it in San Jose, check out his movie, this is Dave. He just was going, I mean, it's Joe Flynn, without Joe Flynn, I wouldn't. I can't even say that I would be where I am. Uh, thank you awesome. for the love fest there. No, but Dave, what do you got coming up next after As Good As Dead? Ooh, I don't know. I've got a couple of ideas I want to do, um, but that depends. Right now we're riding uh, As Good As Dead is premiering at um, uh, the Chinese theater here, and then we're rolling through festivals for the next year. Um, but I have a couple of ideas. I, I mean, I was gonna do this uh, short film, uh, Morbid Mariachi, which I love. Um, and I wrote, uh, me and Craig uh, McGee wrote this film, uh, this short film, and I would love to turn it into a feature and do it as a feature. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah. remember how you kind of were talking about it, and I go, that's a great concept. Go oh, for yeah. it. It's really cool. I mean, it's uh, the Morbid Mariachi is basically about, uh, he is a spirit. He is the Avenger of broken hearts. If you uh, treat love badly or use it for financial gain or personal gain, or just use love wrong, the Mariachi will come to you in the middle of the night 
and he'll sing to you his song and he he'll he look he looks like a skeleton but in a mariachi outfit and he plays you this song just for you and he makes you experience this love so much that your heart's about to burst out of your chest right when that happens the mariachi reaches into your chest grabs your heart he fucking puts it in his guitar case brings it to the santa muerte she cleans it and sends it back out into the universe good wow cool so i kind of want to do that movie because the movie i want to do is about the mariachi the mari the Morbid mariachi himself he's been doing this for years and years and years and this one night, which is what the movie's about he just he you know what he's sick of doing it and so he gives his powers away to this this little kid this not this little kid but this young man he gives his powers away to him to an unsuspecting the kid doesn't really know what he's signing up for and because uh, the mariachi says to him oh yeah the girls will love you they'll die for you and he's like they'll be all oh, right on I'll, i want to do that not realizing that the mariachi's being serious they're gonna die for him so yeah it's it's pretty so where can people find dave rita on social media if they want to get more information about your films, your work, your life? Uh, well, let's see, uh, Dave Rita, R-E-D-A, um, Dave Rita at Twitter, Dave Rita on Facebook, and then there's Elf Twin Films on Instagram, Elf Twin Films on YouTube, and uh, you can see all my stuff. I've got all kinds of stuff. I, like, what I'll do usually is throw a short through uh, the festivals for a year and then throw them on YouTube. Um, and then I've also got these little horror poems and also just fun stuff that I'll do for YouTube and, and Facebook and because I'm Zombie Dave. Grr, grr, grr. Yeah. Now, see, now, see I've seen you. I mean, you post quite a bit on Instagram uh, as uh, as well. You're 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 kind of up there with uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, posting on Instagram. You know, that number of times. Uh, you know, is, it's, is uh, that good or bad? <laughs> good. I don't know. I, I'm on this Ryan Reynolds thing, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, Deadpool two coming, uh, you know, coming soon, and uh, all this stuff. But that well, uh, I try to I try to post only what I think is really funny and what people will enjoy. I mean, I I, I feel like I know my Instagram audience. They're like they love good a good a really good, not just a regular, but a good funny horror meme. So that's pretty much my Instagram, it, just to make you laugh, entertain you. That's it. And that's yeah. exactly what you what you do. In fact, I think that's kind of a perfect microcosm to uh, uh, of what your career, you know, uh, you know, is as a uh, as a filmmaker. Is you're into horror, you're into comedy, you're into making people, getting them entertained. The horribly sweet zombie Dave. Yeah. <laughs> One more time, let people know when your film As Good As Dead is premiering. Oh yeah, we're so excited. Uh, at the Chinese Theater, August 27th at 11.50 p.m. as part of the Dances With Films Festival, we're the opening night. Uh, the, op the festival starts earlier that day, but then we end the night at midnight, well, 11.50, um, in, in Theater One, I mean, uh, which is amazing. There's so much history in that theater. And uh, it's just, the screen is so freaking big. It's amazing. Where can people get, can uh, still get tickets for this? 
Um, People can still get tickets right now. Um, you can go to Dances with Films. They have a festival. They have, you can go right to the As Good as Just look for As Good as Dead. Just go right there and you can get the tickets for our screening right there. Great. Then also, the very next week, we show at the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival at the Frida Cinema in Orange County. And we are at the uh, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. block. And so, you know, ladies and gentlemen, when you go to see this, make sure you find out where Dave is in the audience and yeah. make sure you scream right in his ear at the appropriate <laughs> time. Make sure you laugh right in his ear at the appropriate time so that, you know, so that he really gets the vibe as to how good this, uh, you know, how good this film is. That would be awesome. I'm just laughing because I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be hard to find me. I'm going to be the freak one, with, you know, <laughs> freaking out in the back of the room. That'll be uh, that'll be awesome. Well, it's it's been awesome to have you on, Dave Rita, as a as a guest on our show. It was an honor to be on. Thank you all so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, you're so welcome, oh, Dave. And good, Dave, good. thank you for being here. Oh. Dude, I appreciate that. Thank you. We just may have, like, have you come back for uh, an R-rated version where you could tell all the Joe Flynn stories <laughs> of uh, filming with and him. And the erotic tales stuff, yeah. The erotic tales, I, yeah. By the way, Dave, uh, maybe in a little bit we can get you and your cast to come on to the show. Absolutely. Yes. That would be awesome. They would love to do that. Um I was just talking to Jeffrey and Danny about that today, and um, they're excited. They they want to do they they're 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 so much fun too. So that would yeah be no because I, I was thinking because before we end, I know you're doing Francie and Friends, my former show that I used to co on. Yes, we are on Sunday, and so I like when they said oh or when you posted that you and the cast was gonna be on, I kinda of like I'm like, oh, you could have invited them to come on. Oh, you, you should have told me. I would they would have been I was thinking that after I uh, saw that I kinda of went like, ah, sorry. Well, I, you know what? I'm so damn egotistical. I figured you just wanted just me. So you know uh, I, I also forgot that I'm not in this one. So, you know, I'm just like, Oh yeah, oh, I gotta promote my actors. Yeah, I know, but yeah, again, that's why I was thinking, you know, sometime down the road, we'll have you, Danny, Ashley, Jeffrey, whoever you want to bring on. That would be so on. great. Because I admit, I haven't talked to Ashley since I saw her at Monster Palooza that year. Right? Uh, you know. The house. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. Always a fun time. She you know? is great. Ashley is great. And Ashley in As Good as Dead, wait, wait till you see the film. You're going to love her. Yahoo. I love her already. It's okay. hard not to. Go for it, Al. I, I don't get out much. So I'm willing to love her. <laughs> Oh, yes. Dave Rita, thanks again for joining us on our uh, on our show, and we wish nothing but the wildest success for you. Oh, thank you so much, Dad. And I and I right back at you. Yes, thank we'll you have very you much. Back on. Trust us, Al. I know you wanted to mention something. Yes, oh, Al. Well, what do you what do you got coming up next? 
Oh, well, you know, uh, I'm going to be at the New Jersey HorrorCon and Film Fest uh, later on next, uh, early next month. And uh, gosh, if you're down in Atlantic City, come by the booth and say hi. <laughs> I mean, I've got some East Coast screenings. I mean, I, well, I mean, I, I submitted to the festivals. If we get in, we'll be there. Cool. Well, I'll be there too. Stop by, say hi. Either yeah. that or he'll be at the crap tables, you know, losing, you know, losing whatever money he can. Right on. I'll be like the, the dog from that uh, adventure series with the ruby eye. So, <laughs> gold, tells gold monkey. There we go. Yeah. So. Tells the golden monkey. Oh my god, I that what were there only like three episodes of that thing? I love that. Oh, was a season. oh gosh. Roddy I McDowell. Loved, I wanted a leather jacket with a fucking airplane on the back just because of that show. Yeah. Boss was Louie, man. I thought he was sure because you you know what's happened with with the star Stephen Collins. I'm not even sure that show is discussed. Uh <laughs> it used to be that everything that you you heard a lot about Seventh Heaven and, uh, and and so forth, but I think people are even afraid to talk about that series. Uh, wow. you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I loved. I don't know why. You know that one, and do, do you know like Bruce Campbell's Jack of All Trades? I love that. Yeah. Yes. I liked. Was it? Um, Brisco County was great too. Brought, yeah. like Bruce, I like Bruce Boxleitner's um, Bring Him Back oh, yeah. Alive. Shit, uh, that was great too. From yeah, from the uh, from the day. But oh, anything that was Indiana Jones esque, anything that you was, know, right? Yeah, we, we we were all good back in the day. No, exactly. Hey, so good. Joe Flynn, what do you got next? What do you got coming up? Uh, I'm just gonna be doing some shows, and uh, hey, uh, I can't tell you what, but I know uh, I'm gonna be talking about the Blackula remake, and now it's a comic book that's gonna be coming. Ooh. What? It's yes. a, a graphic novel that's going to be. Uh, I, I'm still just. I'm really terrified that they're going to gut all the horror out of it. I. I. I'm just. I. I'm not a fan of what they're doing to vampire films for the for the major studios these days, and uh, I'm just really afraid that they're going to just gonna, they're going to try to make it something that's PG-13. Uh, no, you yeah. know what it's going to be. I know what the tradition is. Is it's going to be all of a sudden, Blackula is going to walk on screen and go, "I'm having a problem with my daughter," and then it's going to be all about his daughter. Exactly. And you will like new three film. scenes, three scenes with him. But really, it's the but the bulk of the movie is going to be all about his daughter and her problems with Blackula is my dad. That's right. <laughs> Congratulations! Like, did, you see, did you see Bill and Ted, the three? Yes. Yeah. Like how? How about I don't know putting Bill and Ted <laughs> to the rescue? Yes. All right, gang. Well, uh, that's a wrap for this. Uh, you know, for this show. Um, Anthony Duran, I'm. Uh, I hope you. Uh, you know, hope to get through the housing move, uh, uh, the housing move soon, and uh, you know, wish you were here. Certainly missed you. Wish you were here. Yes, we do. For Al Omega, Joe Flynn, Zombie Adios, Dave Rita, gur, gur, gur. and myself, Kevin Nicholson. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave.